Tonight, uh, we shall continue with uh, our exploration of uh, another aspect of uh, the Satipatthana Sutta, namely the discourse on you know, the establishments of uh, mindfulness. And uh, yesterday you know, we discussed uh, Chitta Nupassana, you know, Satipatthana, namely you know, the mindful contemplation of uh, you know, the mind. And uh, before this, you've uh, listened to a CD-recorded talk on Vedana Nupasana and also another CD-recorded talk on Gaya Nupasana Satipatthana. Now, before moving on with the contemplation of Dhammas, let us um, explain uh, an aspect uh, that covers all of uh, those four Satipatthanas. And... Uh, what is uh, meant here is a passage uh, that can be found right at the beginning of uh, the Satipatthana Sutta, namely following the prologue during which the or in which the seven benefits of the mindfulness practice are given and. The seven benefits, just uh, to recall, those are that the practice of Satipatthana leads uh, to the purification of beings and uh, in a uh, more specific sense uh, to the purification of the minds of beings. It furthermore leads to the overcoming of sorrow and lamentation. It leads to the total destruction of uh, physical pain, dukkha, and mental distress. It furthermore leads to the entering of the right path and uh, the realization of Nibbana. So, in bold uh, words, uh, did the Buddha uh, uh, mention these seven primary or most important benefits you know, to you know, this practice of uh, mindfulness. And uh, then um, at the ending of this, uh, of, of the prologue, the question is uh, you know, being, you know, the rhetorical question is being asked, uh, well, what are those uh, four? And so, uh, uh, those four satipatthanas and uh, the answer to this uh, then is katame chattaro ida bhikkhuve bhikkhu kaya kainu vasi viharati ata pi sabajana satima vinaya loke abhija dhomanasan. And it's this passage, the following passage, that we shall explore tonight to some extent, namely the words of Atapi Sampajano Satima, Vinaya Loke Abhija Dominasam. And those are now there are qualities mentioned that a meditator who practices according to these four satipatthanas and puts them into uh, into effect, into practice, well, four qualities that he or she needs to possess. And those are here monks, nuns, and meditators in regard to the body, 
a meditator abides contemplating the body with ardent energy, clearly comprehending and mindful, free from desires and discontent in regard to the world. And in regard to feelings, he or she abides contemplating feelings with ardent energy, clearly comprehending and mindful, free from desires and discontent in regard to the world. And then the same words are being used, or the same sentence is being used in connection of uh, you know, the contemplation of the mind, citta-nupasana, as well as uh, you know, the contemplation of dhammas. Now, ardent uh, energy in you know, the Pali you know, scriptural you know, language is, uh, you know, or with ardent energy, is given in Pali as atapi, and uh, you know, then uh, clearly comprehending is uh, sampajana, and so mindfully is, or mindful is satima, and free from desires and discontent in regard to the world, in Pali is vinya loke abhija dominasa. Now, what this then shows is that when we practice satipatthana, we do need, very much so, the mental quality of mindfulness. However, this mindfulness needs to be accompanied by a number of other mental states. And so those are ardent energy, atapa, and furthermore, clear comprehension, sampajanya, and then um, sometimes uh, also you know, concentration is uh, mentioned in other uh, in other contexts and you know, and then we need to you know, practice with you know, without or free from desires and discontent you know, with regard to the world now when we you know, practice you know, satipatthana, then we find that, um, according to the text, all you know, eight you know, path factors of the Eightfold Noble Path are involved. So, uh, effort, which here comes under the name of atapa, ardent energy, is mentioned and needs to be there, and then mindfulness itself, sati, and then also concentration, samadhi. And as meditators are well, well established in virtue, and virtue here covers three aspects, namely right speech and then right action, right livelihood, so you know, that you know, then takes care of the you know, three you know, path factors connected with uh, virtue. And uh, then also right you know, thought needs to be you know, present and will be you know, present when, when one is meditating, namely in the form of you know, thoughts of uh, renunciation. 
and certain you know, thoughts of uh, uh, not uh, of uh, non-hatred and of non-cruelty. Now, with all these eight, with all of these seven path factors present, then quite naturally will the uh, with the path factor of wisdom or right view, some deity arise. So basically, we can say that in the practice of Satipatthana, near the of eight factors of the Eightfold Noble Path are all encapsulated. And the practice of Satipatthana, then including the Eightfold Noble Path, eventually leads to the attainment of the Noble Path, Ariya Magga. Now, as for Atapa, Atapi is the adjective, and it translates as ardent or strenuous. And the noun, the Pani noun Atapa, translates as glow or heat or ardor. And the English word uh, ardor uh, sometimes uh, assumes a meaning uh, such as passion and uh, being fiery and so on. Now, in the context of a meditate of a Vipassana or Satipatthana meditator, it assumes a somewhat certain different meaning. Yes, there should be passion, but um, not towards uh, worldly things, but rather towards uh, the Dhamma. And the Visuddhimagga explains Atapi as possessing energy. And for it is energy uh, that is called ardor in the sense of burning up and consuming the defilements, and atapana paritapana in the Pali, in the scriptural language. And uh, he or she who has that is uh, thus uh, then considered you know, to be ardent or uh, um, to be uh, atapi in Pali. And so uh, clearly, the Buddha states that with regard to mental defilements, we should not just sit there and let them overwhelm our stream of consciousness or our minds, but rather we need to well jump into action. Now, this, you might point out, contradicts with what was said yesterday during the Dhamma talk on Chitta Nupasana, where the explanation given was that as a part of the contemplation of the mind, one should practice non-reactive observation. And this is indeed true. And mindfulness Mindfulness it performs one function, or you know, performs a certain you know, well function or work 
whereas you know, the you know, function of uh, atapa is different. So it is certain with mindfulness that we observe objects in a non-reactive manner and um, you know, without suppressing them, at least not uh, you know, for ordinary cases. And uh, it is the work of uh, atapa, of ardent energy, you know, to you know, then you know, burn up and consume uh, those uh, unwholesome you know, mental defilements or you know, destructive uh, emotions. And uh, this uh, expression of uh, atapa uh, occurs um, uh, hence not only in the Satipatthana uh, Sutta, uh, but also uh, on a, a rather, uh, in a rather short discourse uh, entitled The Thoroughbred, and the first uh, discourse uh, thereof, and uh, the so-called Ajaniya Sutta, and Satya there too, mm, well, uh, it is mentioned uh, that um, with uh, ardent energy, you know, one you know, should uh, overcome you know, the unwholesome mental states and also you know, develop the wholesome you know, mental states. Now, in the beginning, during the introduction or beginning, well, passages of the path of discrimination of the Visuddhimagga, we find a verse. And this verse originally comes from the Samyutta Nikaya, and this verse and governs basically you know, the you know, structure of the entire you know, path of uh, you know, purification. And the, um, actually there are four verses, and the essential one is uh, uh, the second one. There it says, and I'm using the translation by Venerable Nyanamori, a man or a woman established on virtue, wise, developing the mind and wisdom, um, such a meditator or person, ardent and discreet or prudent, he or she can disentangle this tangle. A slightly different translation you know, can be you know, or is given by Venerable Bhikkhu Bodhi in his translation of the Samyutta Nikaya. And there in the second Samyutta Sutta number 15, we find one always perfect in virtue, endowed with wisdom, well concentrated, one energetic and resolute, crosses the floods so hard to cross. And so, so what we have in this verse are the essential qualities that will lead us to either to disentangling 
of the tangle or crossing of the floods. It's so hard to cross. And those values or virtues are that of, well, an ethical code of conduct, being well established in this, then being well concentrated. And so in Venerable Nyanamori uses for this the expression developing the mind. And it means exactly the same thing. And then wisdom needs to be there. And on top of this, a meditator needs to possess, so the Visuddhimagga and Samyutanikaya needs to be ardent. And this is what the Buddha in the Satipatthana Sutta then re-emphasizes. And then the Visuddhimagga as well as the Samyutta Nikaya also qualifies further that we need to possess prudence. And so... Well, be careful in uh, in our uh, choices. Now, as for the no, no to no, mention a few. More things about uh, effort or ardent uh, energy. When we practice the four establishments of uh, mindfulness, uh, then uh, this requires the presence of uh, ardent energy or effort. And just like mindfulness needs to be present from moment to moment, so too effort needs to be present from moment to moment during our waking hours. And effort is a mental state that undergoes changes in the course of one's meditation practice. And usually at the beginning of one's retreat, it will be someone's underdeveloped, somewhat weak. And gradually as one meditates and gains more and more experience, gradually it's, and as one faces more and more difficulties in the practice, the ardent energy improves. And there are phases in our meditation practice when this ardent energy or effort is somewhat unbalanced. And then again, there are other phases when ardent energy is quite well balanced. So when it's unbalanced, then, or out of balance, then it can mean two things. Namely, Either it is in excess, so a meditator is trying too hard, and uh, the result of this is usually what? Restlessness, yes, indeed. And uh, the opposite case, when 
uh, ardent energy or you know, effort is uh, um, well deficient, then what's the result of this? Sloth and torpor, quite correct. And in both cases, will a meditator not uh, well be able to develop his or her practice uh, properly? And so what we do need very much so in you know, the practice of uh, Satipatthana meditation is a well-balanced uh, uh, ardent energy. Now, how do we then find out what uh, well-balanced uh, ardent energy is? Well, the way it works in the practice is simply by trial and error. So at times, we will, especially during the you know, first uh, you know, three insight knowledges, you know, we will make too much effort and certainly then get restless. After a while, we realize this is not working, and so we get all uptight. And then at other times, our ardent energy will be you know, lacking, and certainly we you know, get drowsy, and so the mind might be sinking and so on. And so so we also realize this is not working either. And so gradually we learn from this, and then over time we learn to put in just the right amount of uh, effort. And it is in the fourth insight knowledge, the knowledge of uh, the the fast arising passing way of formations, Udiyabhyanyana in the Pali scriptural language, during which the effort comes quite naturally. And a meditator no longer needs to strain, nor will a meditator kind of slacken off, but rather the, the effort is just right. Now, then during the next few insight knowledges, the effort will again be somewhat shaky matter, and at times, well, a meditation teacher might even need to remind a meditator to put in more effort. And at other times, one may find that again, one is overdoing it, and so so, then one needs to back off a little bit. During the 11th insight knowledge, namely the knowledge of uh, equanimity about uh, formations, which in the Pali scriptural language is known as Sankopeka Jnana, during this phase of the practice, the effort will be uh, again very uh, well balanced. And uh, um, at that point, <coughs> sorry, at that point, doesn't or does a meditator um, just or doesn't need to um, really exert much effort, nor will a meditator slacken off. Uh, um, intentionally, but rather you know, just the right balance uh, will be there. 
And so at that point, it seems to a meditator as if you know, the energy is coming naturally. Prior to this particular insight knowledge, you know, will a meditator still need to put in plenty of uh, effort? As soon as one takes one's effort back, one stops exerting, you know, then uh, the practice may uh, well, you know, collapse to some extent. So a noticeable you know, change or noticeable changes do occur you know, with regard to, to just this particular you know, mental you know, state in the course of uh, one's uh, meditation practice. Now, when do you think does effort become somewhat perfect? Uh, well, in Nibbana, close to, you know, close to Nibbana. So, when the same inside knowledge of equanimity about formations has uh, gained uh, maturity, then and uh, the necessary corresponding mental you know, factors are there, so the controlling faculties are all well developed and present, and uh, you know, the enlightenment factors are also you know, present and well developed, then... You know, then you know, the experience of you know, path knowledge or path consciousness and fruition you know, consciousness will take place. And so what we have at that point is a type of effort that is extremely strong, strong enough you know, to help you know, together with other you know, mental you know, mental factors to eradicate certain unwholesome you know, mental you know, fetters from uh, the stream of uh, consciousness. Now, with an ordinary you know, type of ardent energy, uh, this would be impossible. Um, with ordinary ardent you know, energy or you know, ardent uh, effort, you know, we could, uh, we can momentarily dispel unwholesome mental states, but not uh, on a permanent uh, basis. Now, the next uh, term mentioned uh, during uh, this um, passage under discussion from the Satipatthana Sutta is uh, that of Sampajanya. And so it is a term that actually represents quite a lot of difficulties when it comes to uh, its interpretation. And the reason for it, you know, this lies in the fact you know, that uh, Sampajanya is being used in many different contexts. And uh, oftentimes uh, it kind of you know, assumes you know, a somewhat different uh, meaning. And so, you know, thus uh, one kind of struggles you know, in you know, trying to, or in uh, really you know, pinpointing its uh, correct uh, meaning. Now, for instance, in the Samyutta Nikaya, the collect, connected discourses of you know, the Buddha you know, on Satipatthana, you know, it's, or this clear comprehension 
is explained with reference to bodily postures and routine activities of everyday life. And uh, there, a sim similar passage occurs in the Diganikaya, you know, where you know, this Sati and uh, Sampajanya are being you know, mentioned uh, uh, as, a, you know, as a compound term. And uh, there it's, uh, it's mentioned under you know, the description of the gradual path of training. Uh, which uh, then covers you know, things uh, you know, such as the uh, initial you know, hearing of uh, you know, the Dhamma, you know, then you know, based on this, the arising of uh, you know, some initial you know, weak uh, you know, faith in you know, you know, the Buddha and the Dhamma, possibly the Sangha, and uh, you know, then the arising of right thought, and uh, you know, then the voluntary observance of virtue, restraint of the senses, and then eventually also about the practice of mindfulness, sati, and clear comprehension. Now, in a different discourse from the same collection of connected discourses, Samyutta Nikaya, namely you know, 4735, uh, you know, the term uh, Sampajanya is uh, being uh, used in uh, connection uh, with the arising and uh, passing away of feelings, of thoughts and uh, perceptions. And the term Sampajanya that uh, frequently gets translated as clear comprehension, uh, well, it's uh, then is given um, an interpretation in the commentaries to the middle length discourses, and certainly uh, there uh, the four meanings are as certainly clear comprehension with regard to. to now, the benefit of an uh, activity planned, and then you know, clear comprehension with regard to, to you know, the suitability of it, uh, of that same activity, and then you know, clear comprehension with regard to you know, the domain, and so domain or terrain, and so, you know, then clear comprehension with regard to, to non-confusion. But you know, this will be explained somewhat further. Now, one you know, relevant you know, passage you know, in which Sampajanya, or both of the terms, actually Sati and Sampajanya, namely mindfulness and clear comprehension, uh, are being mentioned, is you know, the portion from the Satipatthana Sutta, you know, which is on you know, general activities. And so, you know, so I'll quote, Again, bhikkhus or bhikkhunis or meditators. A meditator is one who acts with clear comprehension when going forward and returning. Who acts with clear comprehension when looking ahead and looking away. Who acts with clear comprehension when you know, flexing and extending the limbs. 
who acts with clear comprehension when you know, wearing you know, the robes. You know, this, of course, is said with regard to you know, the monastics, but you know, for the lay meditators, it simply means wearing one's clothes. And then carrying one's altar robe and bowl, who acts with clear comprehension when eating, drinking, consuming food and tasting, who acts with clear comprehension when defecating and urinating, who acts with clear comprehension when walking, standing, sitting, falling asleep, waking, waking up, talking, and keeping silent. So we have a variety of uh, activities you know, during which uh, you know, we are uh, exhorted or encouraged you know, to you know, apply you know, this clear comprehension as well as uh, mindfulness. Now, you know, for instance, in the Diga Nikaya, volume 3, you know, um, paragraph or section 113, uh, the term clear comprehension is used as follows, namely, ignoring both the disgusting and the non-disgusting, may I abide in equanimity, mindful and clearly aware. Now, in the Majjhima Nikaya, as well as in the Patisamida Magga, namely the path of discrimination, which is apart from the Visuddhi Magga, a fundamental work for the meditation practice. We find that this term, Sampajanya, clear comprehension, is mentioned as a precondition for subsequent formal sitting meditation. And also then preceding the actual practice of or the development of mindfulness. And so the way it is given there is that a monastic or a meditator well goes on on arms round or has his food and then having selected a proper place sits down and the text says cross legged but of course we don't have to sit like this and then um, and then act and so um, and then practices the clear comprehension and uh, mindfulness. So restraining the senses, possessing noble mindfulness and clear comprehension, the person then resorts to a secluded resting place and whatever that may be and then starts practicing. Now, the Abhidhamma, namely the Buddhist psychology and philosophy, clearly um, defines uh, you know, this uh, you know, um, 
state of uh, Sampajanya to be or equates this state uh, with wisdom. And for instance, there is a uh, reference uh, for this in the Dhamma Sangani paragraph 16, where clear comprehension is mentioned as one form of wisdom. And as we will see later on, it's uh, well usually a form of incipient wisdom, some initial type of wisdom, however, a wisdom that has the potential you know, to, or a quality that has the potential to turn uh, into you know, very profound wisdom. Now, when looking at the different usages of the term Sampajanya from the discourses, then we can say, and I'm basing this on Venerable Analaya's book Satipatthana, that the texts describe with this an ability to fully grasp or comprehend what is taking place. And also in the sense of well, clearly knowing what one is about to do. Now, surprisingly, the term Sampajanya also gets used in a very different sense, namely in the Diganikaya 3103 and 231. There it says, consciously experiencing one's own life as an embryo in a womb, including birth. Now, this does not necessarily require mindfulness, but uh, uh, is uh, an ability you know, that uh, you know, probably has to do uh, with uh, samatha uh, practice. So this then you know, is mentioned in the connection of uh, clearly comprehending. And so you know, there's yet another challenging you know, statement in which, or passage, in which uh, clear comprehension um, or sampajanya is being used, namely, clearly comprehending when one speaks falsehood for one's own ends, for another's end, uh, or for some trifling worldly end. So here, the term assumes more or less the meaning of presence of uh, deliberateness. And uh, thus, it has less to do with wisdom. Also, in clearly comprehending to be in the womb, this uh, has not much uh, to do with wisdom. Now, the Venerable Sairu Pandita says that 
Sampajanya means full awareness or clear comprehension through personal experience, and one should act consciously with full knowledge of what one is doing. Sampajanya kari hoti in the Pali scriptural language, and he then goes on to point out that this certain clear comprehension is not proper vipassana jnana as yet. So it's something that is leading up partner to you know, vipassana insight knowledge uh, that uh, has uh, the potential for insight knowledge or to develop into insight knowledge, but it's not uh, insight knowledge as yet. And certain I.B. Horner, you know, the president of uh, the Pani Text Society, you know, well, you know, it comes up with a similar you know, definition saying you know, that it is acting uh, in a clearly conscious uh, way. So, what we have here are a number of different interpretations or different usages of the term Sampajanya. And so, then what to make of all of this? To now say that it is an uh, incipient uh, type of uh, knowledge seems uh, like uh, uh, well you know, justified, and in particular you know, when we you know, also consider you know, that uh, this uh, term is uh, used as a you know, kind of a prerequisite for uh, actual meditation practice or something that precedes uh, the actual uh, meditation practice. The Venerable Jnana Ponika defines it as clear comprehension is right knowledge, jnana or wisdom based on right uh, attentiveness. So he has this connection here with mindfulness. Now, what about the commentaries? The commentaries, as mentioned earlier on, define it in four different ways namely as clear comprehension with regard to the benefit of an activity, suitability, and then the domain or terrain, and then non-confusion. Now, the meaning here is before one undertakes some activity while one is on retreat, then one should check whether what one is certainly planning to do is going to be beneficial or not. And to give you an example for this, you know, reading books under normal circumstances, especially um, if you know, they cover some 
uh, well, you know, some latest uh, you know, findings, scientific si findings or so, you know, may be highly you know, beneficial. Yet, while you know, one uh, is on intensive retreat, it might not necessarily be you know, beneficial because uh, it might uh, uh, you know, distract us and lead us uh, into you know, much associative or analytical you know, thinking. Now, um, the second uh, explanation for you know, clear comprehension is that as clear comprehension with regards uh, to you know, the suitability. So, a certain deed you know, that one is planning to you know, undertake may be you know, beneficial, yet it may or may not be you know, suitable. So, under normal circumstances, it is uh, quite beneficial to give a Dhamma talk, but if uh, a teacher were to give a Dhamma talk at midnight in a pub you know, that is filled and uh, with uh, people uh, getting you know, drunk, then it might not be you know, the right uh, place. And so, <laughs> likewise, <laughs> no, likewise, when in so, you know, this is something that's had, you know, that has actually happened, um, it may be you know, quite, or it is definitely you know, beneficial to learn uh, another foreign language. However, if one happens, if one happens to be on a retreat, let's say, not necessarily here, you know, but uh, on a retreat in Burma, and uh, you know, then one goal, one's goal becomes you know, to learn Burmese while on retreat, because one has all these many hours you know, to while away, you know, then, you know, you know, then this is clearly unsuitable. And so, you know, when the goal in meditation is not to learn another you know, you know, foreign language, but rather you know, to learn the language of the mind, and to gain liberation from you know, suffering. Now, then, the third um, clear comprehension, or third certain explanation of it, is as certain clear comprehension of you know, the terrain or you know, domain. And the illustration for this is certainly given as follows. Um, well, the domain you know, for a cow is uh, you know, well you know, a certain field, and it is limited, you know, limited to this. So as long as a cow is staying within a fenced-in you know, area, you know, then you know, the cow will be you know, quite okay, it will be safe you know, from you know, dangers. However, if that uh, same cow ventures to break, uh, break away, break out, and uh, then to explore some uh, other terrain, it might uh, end up uh, facing uh, various kinds of uh, dangers. Now, the same thing you know, then can be said of uh, meditators. So a meditator needs to stay within his or her you know, domain. And what do you think uh, the domain for 
know, the meditator's ease. The foundations of what? Of mindfulness. Yes, indeed. The you know, four foundations, or better, establishments of mindfulness. So as long as we as a meditator are um, within the uh, range of these four establishments of mindfulness, then you know, we are said to, to be um, in the right place. But um, when on retreat, and so, you know, then we're walking around and looking around and not being mindful of you know, the seeing process, this would qualify as not being within you know, one's you know, domain of you know, Satipatthana. Or you know, when you know, sitting in you know, meditation and so, you know, then you know, trying to observe you know, the rising and falling movement of you know, the abdomen or any other predominant object, and one is trying really hard to know all you know, all the details there, and especially because the next interview is coming up tomorrow morning, uh, then uh, thoughts, unrelated thoughts about uh, something totally different, like uh, you know, some unresolved uh, issue at home or so, uh, this. If one gets caught up in such kind of thoughts, you know, this you know, you know, then... You know, would represent a case of not being within one's uh, domain. However, if one becomes mindful of it, of this uh, you know, thinking, you know, then you know, we are in the domain of Satipatthana again. And so, as for you know, the last uh, Sampajanya, Asam, Asamoha Sampajanya, namely clear comprehension of uh, an, or an undiluted comprehension, this you know, refers to an undiluted comprehension of the activity concerned, or you know, another way of interpreting you know, this is um, whatever object one observes, uh, one um, observes it, um, or there's an undiluted comprehension of uh, you know, this object. And it is especially this last you know, form of clear comprehension as given by the commentators you know, that you know, then corresponds or might you know, correspond to higher you know, forms of uh, wisdom. Whereas the you know, first three clear comprehensions of benefit of suitability and uh, you know, domain you know, somewhat in concern, incipient or uh, the initial uh, forms of uh, wisdom. And the venerable Analayo in his uh, book, Satipatthana, uh, well, he points out uh, that the commentary is trying to explain that clear knowledge is particularly relevant to the moment when one assumes a particular posture, 
uh, in terms of per, in terms of benefit and suitability, whereas postural awareness, meaning while one has you know, assumed a particular sitting posture um, or particular posture, you know, this is sort of more. Um, whereas postural awareness is more profitably applied to being in a posture. So um, clear comprehension is about the moment when we assume a particular posture, whereas mindfulness sets in when we have assumed a posture and then when we observe whatever is going on. So the mindfulness naturally is leading further. Now, to make or to clarify the distinction between mindfulness and certain clear comprehension, sati and certain sampajanya, let us take just a quick look at you know, the classical fourfold certain definition you know, for both of these uh, uh, mental states and sort of mental qualities. And so, as you have heard already during one of the initial discourses or Dhamma talks, the characteristic of mindfulness is given in the Pali scriptural language as, um, as apilapana lakana, which means non-superficiality, or in other words, you know, the sinking of the mind into you know, the predominant object of observation. And its you know, function is certainly given as asamosa rasa, namely as certain, well, non-forgetfulness of the object, you know, non-confusion, in, you know, not certainly losing uh, the object out of sight. And the... The manifestation of uh, mindfulness is twofold, namely as a state of uh, confrontation or literally a state of being face-to-face -face with you know, the uh, objective field or you know, simply the object of observation. And the secondary you know, manifestation is that of uh, um, Araka Pachubhatana, namely uh, protection or you know, guardianship. What this means is you know, that through the presence of mindfulness, continuous mindfulness, you know, you know, the mind will be protected against you know, the attack by mental you know, defilements. And the proximate certain causes for you know, the arising of uh, uh, mindfulness are given as uh, a clear the perception of an object here, sanya paratana and pani, and furthermore, as well, the four establishments of mindfulness themselves, and so mindfulness, one moment of mindfulness, connected with the next moment of mindfulness. If this keeps going, then it will lead to ever stronger mindfulness. Now, this much for. 
the classical fourfold definition of mindfulness and the definition for sampajanya or clear comprehension is different. And so it says that it has the characteristic of non-confusion and non-confusion obviously is the same thing as wisdom. And so its function is uh, to investigate or to judge, and it is manifested as scrutiny. And so, so we have a clear you know, you know, difference here you know, between, in, in, on all three you know, counts. So this uh, then uh, might uh, give you at least some understanding of uh, uh, two terms that mindfulness needs to be accompanied with, namely ardent energy, atapa, and clear comprehension, sampajanya. Um, now, as for the expression, vinaya loke abhija dominasam, well, the Neti Pakarana, one of you know, the commentaries, you know, says you know, that uh, you know, this uh, should uh, you know, that being free from desires and uh, discontent with regard to the world, uh, that uh, you know, this represents you know, the faculty of uh, concentration. However, different you know, interpretations of uh, you know, this expression you know, can be found elsewhere. Namely, the Patisambhida Magga in its first chapter on wisdom portion or section 244 identifies this stock phrase of being free from desires and discontent with the removal of the five hindrances. And the Pani term vinaya, meaning having removed. Now, this then leads to a complication. And if we go by this definition, having removed well desire and desires and discontent, and on top of this, this is meant to or is being taken. Uh, as certainly the five hindrances, then you know, we can undertake the practice of satipatthana. This would mean that we could undertake the practice of satipatthana only after having overcome or removed the five hindrances. And what do you think of this? Is this practical or not? Uh, it's no. not practical, indeed. And... Um, what really happens in the meditation practice is that as one is applying mindfulness to whatever predominant object that arises, then in the course of doing this, sooner or later, the five hindrances will come up and then gradually as the mindfulness improves and in particular concentration improves, then the five hindrances will be removed. And then one continues with one's practice. So um, 
this expression "winia loca abija dominus" should not be interpreted you know, to mean that one you know, has to, or that the removal of you know, the five you know, hindrances is a prerequisite you know, for satipatthana practice, but rather. Um, that the hindrances will be removed in the course of uh, the Satipatthana practice. Now, another um, interpretation can be you know, found, and namely, in, in the context of you know, this certain stock phrase, namely, identifying um, these two terms, certain desires and discontent, with the five hindrances. So, you know, de- desires here is taken to mean kama chanda nivarana, which is the first hindrance, the hindrance of sense desire, and uh, whereas dominasa is uh, then, you know, in a wider sense, uh, taken you know, to refer you know, to you know, the second hindrance of ill will, byapada nivarana. And so, then some or other, you know, the you know, remaining you know, three hindrances are you know, you know, then you know, just included and all lumped you know, together. Now, this is, as Venerable Analayot points out in his certain book, Satipatthana, you know, a somewhat uh, well, dangerous you know, thing you know, to do. And more a more practical or more pragmatic uh, approach you know, to you know, this expression "winia loca loca dominasum is you know, to say that whenever we observe some predominant object, whatever the object may be, we should observe it well, you know, free of likes and dislikes. And so free of desires, you know, having a desire or a liking for a particular object and a disliking or discontent with regard to to, some undesirable uh, object. And uh, this uh, then very much corresponds with what really happens in the practice, or what would certainly should ideally be the case. And now, (coughs) sorry, when we first set out with our Satipatthana meditation, then we find that the mind is continuously reacting to the formations arising, sometimes liking, sometimes disliking, sometimes grasping, sometimes pushing away. And uh, it takes some amount of time or some time of practice until a meditator realizes that this continuous liking and disliking and grasping and pushing away is rather uh, tiring, rather exhausting. And then gradually does the mind assume a new uh, attitude or new position towards uh, this whole field of uh, formations that are then termed the five aggregates. And uh, 
it's a position, an attitude or position of balance. And so one observes whatever predominant formation comes along without liking or disliking, without a desire or a discontent. And the expression loke in the world or with regards to the world should certainly be understood to refer to the five aggregates, namely the formations of the five aggregates. So ideally a meditator is, and this is the most likely meaning or interpretation of this term, a meditator is called to observe objects uh, without liking uh, nor uh, disliking, simply just observing uh, whatever uh, comes along uh, with a non-preferential uh, attitude. And to uh, then explain the Pani term abhijja, and please, so, you know, the spelling here is different so, you know, from you know, ignorance. Uh, here, Abhijja, you know, the Pali word Abhijja is spelled as A-B-H-I-J-J-H long A, and it means certain so, you know, covetousness and not ignorance. And so, so covetousness or you know, desire, actually, uh, oftentimes it's a strong um, uh, type of uh, desire, desiring something uh, that uh, legally one has no uh, right uh, to. And uh, this is a synonym for uh, greed or lava and uh, craving tanha, and it's um, uh, the eighth uh, link of the, un of the unwholesome course of action, kamma pata. And so it is uh, one of uh, those uh, three um, links of uh, the uh, ten courses of um, action, and uh, one of the last uh, three, and the last uh, three have to do uh, with uh, the mind. Now, the term dominus. Uh, is uh, when we look at uh, its uh, definition, is not necessarily the same as biapada uh, or ill will, and dominasa sometimes gets translated as grief, as displeasure, or discontent, and literally it means the sad-mindedness. And so it usually refers to a mentally painful feeling. So it has nothing to do with, or it's not the same as Pyapada, which boils down to ill will, dosa, but rather it's one of the five feelings. And the term dominasa is used. You know, it's the effective quality of an, a mental object. However, uh, this you know, discontent or displeasure is always associated with 
antipathy and certain grudge and therefore uh, karmically unwholesome. And it's a classical fourfold definition is certainly given as having the characteristic of experiencing the undesirable object and then the function of partaking or relishing of the undesirable aspect of the object and the manifestation is given as the affliction of the mind or as mental affliction and the proximate cause is said to be the heart base. So this then covers certain the main terms of the of one of the initial passages from the Satipatthana Sutta, and let me conclude today's Dhamma talk by wishing that may your mindfulness sati arise not all. Uh, by itself, but uh, rather may it uh, be accompanied by strong and yet well-balanced ardent energy, atapa, and may the mindfulness also be uh, accompanied by clear comprehension, sampajanya, and uh, may you be able to observe uh, the objects uh, relating to the world of uh, the five uh, aggregates in a manner without liking and disliking, without desire and certain discontent, and thus being well equipped, may you progress swiftly through the different stages of wisdom and eventually may the attainment of Nibbana bring much peace within. And this is it for tonight. <laughs>